Well done. Well, uh, we are in a series we're calling A Godly Life, talking about how to live the Christian life well. And it's a 12-week series, uh, and it's broken up into four relationship topics. Uh, the first was our relationship with God. We've covered that. Uh, we're embarking today on relationship with ourselves, and we're going to talk about relationship with other people and ultimately with the wider world and the mission uh, that God's given to us. And so here we are. It's a three-week uh, topic on relationship with ourselves. And I want to start by talking about the fact that we live in a body, which on one hand seems ridiculously simplistic, but you're going to actually, uh, I think as we start talking about this, this is an unbelievably profound uh, theological truth with, with staggering implications. Uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, what we do in the body, how we live in our body, matters to God, and it actually affects our spiritual life. Now, in the early church, uh, one of the very first uh, heretical Christian sects was called Gnosticism, and it formed pretty immediately. And what the Gnostics, they, they said a lot of things, but one of the no things that the Gnostics said was that God was only interested in our spirit. So the Christian understanding of humans, by the way, is that we are both body and spirit. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, uh, it says that God formed Adam out of the dust of the ground. He breathed into him uh, his breath, and he became a living being. Um, so unlike naturalistic evolution, we Christians do not think humans are purely materialistic, uh, we're not just our body, uh, we have a spirit. So that the Apostle Paul says, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Um, there, there, we have a spirit that uh, exists apart from the body, of course, but, as we're going to talk about at the very end, uh, God intends for us to have a bodily existence through, throughout all eternity. That's how he made us. And so we are both body and spirit, and those two both matter. So the Gnostics, they said, look, all God cares about is your spirit. He, you know, the body is, uh, it's material, and the material is, you know, broken by sin, and it's going to die. Uh, and so God's not interested in redeeming your body. He's only interested in the spiritual part of you. And so, end result, what you do in the body is irrelevant to God. If you want to have, you know, all kinds of sexual experiences, that's what your body wants, go for it. You want to eat, you know, to a gluttonous, who cares? The body is flesh, and the flesh doesn't matter to God. And so into that debate, the Apostle Paul writes uh, 1 Corinthians, and uh, he says, no, no, that's completely wrong. Um, what you do in the body matters to God, and there is this uh, this interplay between the body and the spirit, uh, and they go together and they affect each other. And so, actually, the Christian uh, view of discipleship has very much to do with how we live in the body. In fact, the body is ground zero in discipleship. God wants. Uh, our spiritual life and renewal to work itself out uh, in the way that we live in the body. 
So, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, and Paul most likely is trying to combat some of this Gnostic idea, in 1 Corinthians 6, um, verse 15, he writes, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Wow, not just your spirit. You haven't been united with Christ just spiritually, but all of you, your body has been united with Christ, is a member of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. And then he continues on. Uh, and so, this is, this is a very significant theological concept that what we do in the body matters to God and it affects our spiritual life. And, our, and a, a spiritual life that is deepening and growing will work itself out uh, in the way that we live in the body. So I've got a number of uh, theological statements about uh, life in the body as a Christian that will hope, hopefully unpack this important um, theological truth. So here's the first one. My body, even with its sin-wrought weaknesses, is a gift from God and an essential part of myself. And I honor God and am happiest when I live into my body. Uh, David, Psalm 139, verse 13, and this is you know, hundreds and hundreds of years after sin entered the world. David writes, For you, God, formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. <clears throat> um, very recently, I was in North Carolina visiting Sabrina's family, and um, one of her childhood friends is a gal named Karen. And Karen has a disease and has had it since she was a little girl that has meant her whole life has been lived in a wheelchair. I've now known Karen for 25 years because, well, longer than that, but we've been married 25 years. And I've you know, met her every time I go down and visit her family. And Karen radiates joy. She radiates a love for God. And that means, here's what that means. That means that Karen has decided... God is good, even though he chose to let me be born with this disease, and even though I live in a wheelchair. And she, from the moment I met Karen, her whole attitude, her whole way of being glorifies God. It shouts faith in God. It shouts trust in God's goodness and love for her, despite her broken body. And now... Her body in a wheelchair is a consequence of sin. And that's not going to be a part of her future existence. Um, but the body that God has chosen to give us, even with its sin-wrought weaknesses, uh, is still a good thing. And, it, and we glorify God when we live into it. Um, so, God has chosen to make me five foot seven when I stand up super, super tall. And he's given me some, uh, quite a bit of hair at 51. I'm very thankful. When I look at my dad, I'm like, yeah, Lord, thank you. And, um, but, but he made Pastor James six two. And I could get frustrated with that because he doesn't even need a stage. And I probably should have a little stage. Um, 
And you know what? I'm not musical, and other people in my family are more musical, I should say, than I am. And on and on and on. And so we could, you know, we could get, we could look around it and say, hey, God, I'm not content with the way you made me, with the body you made me. I mean, he put me in white skin, and uh, he, there are lots of choices God made for me. And so, you know, spiritually, we, are, we honor God and we're happiest when we live into the body that God's given us. And we say, okay, this is God's choice for me. I'm going to trust His goodness. I'm going to live into it. Um, and when we and and we got to be careful, you know, as Christians, uh, you if you if you fight and resent and resist God's choices for you, you know, at, at, that quickly becomes very unhealthy and very dishonoring to God. Now, in our current culture, this is this is being um, this is very uh, being acutely experienced with this whole uh, gender dysphoria, right? And so the secular world says, I'm not willing to accept God's choice for me, uh, male-female, right? The Bible says God makes us male or female. That's something he chooses for us. Uh, but, but there are a lot of people who are saying, I'm not okay with that. And I want to be something other than God has made me. Well, as a Christian, you know, don't go there. So for Christians, uh, we need to live into uh, what the choices God has made for us. Uh, that's where we honor God. That's where we are healthiest and happiest. So very profound truth. Here's another truth about the body. Uh, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So I must take care of my body. 1 Corinthians chapter 19 uh, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? The Spirit of the living God is indwelling your body if you're a Christian. And so that has some, some implications. He goes on to say, so glorify God in the body. Now, in that context, he's talking there about sexual immorality. Don't use this body that God has given you uh, as an instrument of unrighteousness. Uh, but it also has implications for health. Um, you know, how does God, how God want, gives me all kinds of uh, instructions about how I should serve other people, and how I should serve the church, and how I should be involved in gospel proclamation, right? And so many of the commands of Scripture are, are lived out in the body. And so, if I take care of my body, I'll have more years and more energy with which to do the will of God. Um, when we are weak, we, it's a lot harder to serve other people, right? It's harder to be, uh, you know, when my body is feeling sick and tired and, uh, you know, unhealthy, it's harder for me to be others-focused. It's harder for me to be positive. It's harder for me to want to get off the couch and wash the dishes. Don't really do that very often anyways, but... But the few times that I do, I am feeling great. I don't know how I got myself into that one. <laughs> that was not in my notes. But because we, the, body, the 
the Holy Spirit dwells in our bodies, there are a lot of implications for taking care of our bodies. So my dad's been after me because I'm 51 and I have skipped my annual physicals for a few years because I know there are some tests they want to do on me I'm not super excited about. But my dad is right. My dad is right, which is, hey, you need to get to the doctor because, you know, what if they could find something that's fixable and you, by, by ignoring that, by being negligent, you know, you end up dying earlier than you would have needed to, being weaker than you needed to, right? So, uh, theologically, we have, we have a rationale uh, for eating well, sleeping correctly, um, exercising, going to the doctor, taking advantage. I mean, all the medical advances that have been made are gifts from God to help us combat the effects of sin. So don't sideline those. Don't, be, don't sideline those and don't say, oh, trusting God means I don't go to the doctor and I just leave. No. Take advantage of every help God has for you. Here's another idea. Due to the effects of sin, my body sometimes makes demands that are opposed to God's will for me. This is a big one. You can't trust your body because <laughs> your body is often uh, telling you to do things that uh, are contrary to God's will. So Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's wanting his disciples to be uh, joining with praying for him, right? And so he instructs them, please stay awake and pray, uh, pray, pray. But they keep falling asleep. And so Jesus uh, comes to them at one point, Matthew 26, 40, finds them sleeping. He came to the disciples, found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter to, into temptation. Here it is. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So, this body that I live in, even though I dressed it up in a super nice looking blue color, is broken by sin. And, uh, and so, look, here are some things. My body doesn't just want what's good for it. Sin has affected our appetites so that we often, our bodies will often desire things that are not healthy, right? Uh, forbidden sexual pleasures, uh, maybe eating to the point that more than I need, uh, I want to get, you know, maybe your body wants to get drunk or it wants to feel, feel the high of uh, drugs, and on and on it goes. I, I have to figure that before the fall, before sin corrupted the body, uh, we, our bodies didn't crave, didn't desire um, pleasures that were outside the, the will of God and outside the bounds uh, of what is good in God's eyes. But now the body has been affected. So, so I have these, these uh, desires that if I just give in to them can take me all, all kinds of places. My, my body wants to be comfortable. And yet God often says, get out of your comfort zone and go serve somebody. Get up early on Sunday morning, one of your days off, and get to church so you can, you know, serve the little kids or help set up or tear down. There are many other examples. Those are the ones I think of, right? Um, my body wants to be comfortable. 
and help, yeah, so the desire, the body's desire for comfort often gets in the way of God's command to uh, serve other people. What about secure? My body wants to be safe. And yet, you know, you look at the, the early church, and the command to go preach the gospel was uh, landed the Christians in jail. It, they got fed to the lions. So you don't, you don't give in to your body. You if you just do what your body commands you to do, you're going to find yourself backing away from uh, what God has called you to do, or in fact, flat out disobeying God. And so, here, uh, here's what the, in light of this, here's what the Apostle Paul says. In 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 9, verse 27, he says, I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So I, I think there's, there's Paul saying, I can't just let my body call the shots because my body, you know, might be trying to get me to do something I shouldn't do. And so I have to discipline my body. I have to, I have to be the master of my body, not let my body master me. And uh, if you want to progress in the Christian life, uh, you, you, you've got to gain some mastery over the body. Now listen, this isn't easy. Even though I'm wearing the blue shirt, you can tell I've got a few extra poundages on me, right? So I don't do this perfectly. It's a constant struggle. Here's another key idea. The Holy Spirit helps us throw off the body's tyranny and use our body as an instrument of righteousness rather than unrighteousness. The great help in the, the battle with the body is the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's empowerment. So, um, so we read this in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. The desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. They're opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So there is this conflict. The Bible, the Bible identifies this conflict of the flesh, the body, is often you know, trying to go this way, when the Spirit of God wants to take me this way. And, and there's this tug of war. And so how do, how do we win that war? Well, self-control, you know, is, is great, and we should employ that. But we as Christians have the help of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, we can ask God, please help me uh, in this struggle with the body. And the Holy Spirit will come to our aid because the Holy Spirit will empower you to do what God has called you to do. Trust, you got to trust that. You know, if, if, uh, if you're struggling between doing what is right and doing what is wrong and you ask the Spirit of God to help you do what is right, the Holy Spirit will go to work and he'll, he'll help you at the power of the will. He'll actually help change situations on the ground. So don't, don't uh, neglect um, the help of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> um, in Romans chapter 6, verses 12 and 13, 
we read this. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Don't let sin uh, work through your body uh, and because sin is, you know, sin is trying to get your body to get you to, you know, just uh, do what it wants. Do not present, verse 13, do not present your members to sin, your members is your body, as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as, um, as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. So your body can, you, you choose to present your body uh, to use it for either for righteous purposes or for unrighteous purposes. This is, this is why we say that the body is ground zero uh, in discipleship and growing in Christ-likeness. I, yeah, I can use this body to serve God and do what is right with the way I talk to people, with the way I treat people, um, with, or I can, I can use it for unrighteous purposes. And it's a choice that you make, and it's a choice I make every single day, all the time. And the Holy Spirit will help us in the struggle. Here's another big idea about the body. God will hold us accountable for how we live in this body. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Am I in the right passage? Yes, we are of good courage. We would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So, whether we're at home or away, we make our aim to please Him. For we, here it is, verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. So someday, we will have to give an account for what we did in the body. Did we use the body God gave us as an instrument for unrighteousness, or did we use it as an instrument for righteousness? How, the body uh, is a gift from God, and, but it can be used well or it can be abused. And we will have to give an account to God for what we did in the body. So, don't make the mistake of thinking all God cares about is what goes on inside, right? It's, all He cares about is my thought process. All He cares about are my motivations. No, God cares about what we do. What we do matters. What we do affects our spiritual life. Uh, and we have, God calls, part of the Christian calling is a call to master the body with the help of the Holy Spirit. Gain control of your body, discipline it, so that it becomes an instrument for righteousness in the world and not for unrighteousness. Here's the final idea. This life is just an appetizer to an even more glorious bodily existence. So we don't need to worry about missing out when we deny the flesh 
to honor God. Uh, so here's this whole idea of a future resurrection of the dead. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Apostle Paul puts it this way. 15 verse 42. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. This body that goes into the ground is perishable, but what is raised is imperishable. So the future resurrected body that you will inhabit as a Christian for all eternity, it's imperishable. Um, it's sown in dishonor, it's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness, it's raised in power. It's sown a natural body, it's raised a spiritual body. If there's a natural body, there's also a spiritual body. So, we are going to live for all eternity in an embodied form. You're not going to just be a spirit floating around. For all eternity, you will be indwelling a body. Yes, it's a, it's a resurrected body, it's a, a new spiritual body uh, that's not corruptible, not perishable. Um, but you're going to live in a, in a body. And heaven will have pleasures, right? Pleasures forevermore. And, and so, for a time, we are called to master the body, deny, you know, the body some of its demands, exert self-control, right? Pick up our cross, die to self. That's part of the Christian calling. But here's what we don't need to do. You don't need to say to yourself, oh no, this is the only life I've got, and if I deny the body its pleasures now, I miss out. No. Because for the Christian, there is an eternal life, a bodily existence with all of its eternal pleasures, and that comes to those who have, in fact, denied the body now. And so you don't need to worry about, oh no, I'm, I'm missing out. I got one shot <laughs> to be happy, and one shot to, one shot to enjoy life. And if I miss out, well, I've missed it. No, we don't miss out when we deny the body in order to please God. We will be rewarded, and we will enjoy those rewards in a, in a much greater way for all eternity. So, here is a, a scripture that I think sort of puts this all together in terms of what is our, uh, what is our goal as a Christian? Living in the body. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers... By the mercies of God, or in light of God's mercy, in light of everything God's done for us, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. So, how do I live in the body? In a way that honor God. I, I say, God, here I am. How do you want to use this body that you've given me? And while I have health, or even, even if I'm, you know, on my bed, as long as I'm breathing and, and living in this body, God, how do you want me to use the body that you've given me? And, and, and much of that, much of, those an, of the answers is very clear, because God tells us some do's and don'ts in Scripture that leave, uh, you know, that give us a lot of clarity. Uh, on how we should live in the body. So we present ourselves a living sacrifice. So over and over again, God, here I am. How do you want to use me? 
Uh, and, and that's not just reserved to the big grandiose ideas, but it comes down to the question of, you know, this evening, should I spend more time hanging out with my family, talking to my kids and playing with them, or my body just wants to vegetate and, uh, and watch TV? I mean, it comes down to those questions. Present your bodies. Now, I, I think it's significant that God demonstrated his love to us through what's the ultimate act of God's love that makes his love for us understandable, tangible. It's, it's God left heaven in the person of Jesus Christ. And he came and he took on a body. And then he... he allowed that body to be broken on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. And he modeled that, right? And he said, you want to be my follower, you've got to yourself pick up your cross, follow me. Live that same kind of life where uh, he was obedient to the Father even to the point of death. His, he was willing to lay his life down to serve us and to uh, serve the purposes of God. And and the results in our lives were unbelievable. And we can, be, we can be an instrument for righteousness. And wonderful things can happen in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our cities, when we, the people of God, um, let God, or let the Spirit of God, call the shots in our bodies. And I say that as a fellow... Uh, struggler in this. It's not this. To me, this is where I, I. This is where the Christian. Yeah, this is ground zero for me in discipleship. It's trying to say no to the tyranny of the body and le- use my body as a as an instrument for righteousness. And it's a daily struggle. And and I have. This is you know we talked. Last week about repentance. I mean, this is where I have to do my regular, God forgive me. You know, I, I let the body call the shots. And I even, I knew your spirit, I felt your Holy Spirit check me in that, and I blew right past it. And, right, this is just the rhythm of the Christian life. Um, but, but if we, with the Holy Spirit's help, we can grow in this. We can grow in this. And the result is a, a much healthier spiritual life. You'll be healthier. You'll be happier. People around you will be, will be happier and be very pleased. All right, let's pray. Lord, I know that for all my brothers and sisters here, we are, we are all struggling. Like the Apostle Paul, we're all struggling to discipline our bodies to, to make our bodies serve you. And Lord, it is a struggle. It's a struggle. Thank you, Spirit of God, that you are available to us. And that if we'll keep in step with the Spirit, well, then we won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. And Lord, that it, it, when we walk by the Spirit, the result is you produce love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control in our lives. And so, uh, Lord, just right now we recommit ourselves to living well in the body. Thank you. 
Uh, it's for a short period of time that you have given us life and health. Um, and so may we steward this body well and live in it well so that we hear, well done, good and faithful servant.